Welcome to At The Movies. Sit back, crack a beer, and enjoy. We want you to mature the kid. We want you to have room with him on the road. Stay on his case all year. He can go all the way. Hmm? Where can I go? You can keep going to the ballpark. Keep getting paid to do it. Beating the hell out of working at Sears. Welcome to At The Brewies, a podcast where we talk about movies and drink beer. This is the 12th episode where we're going to talk about Bull Durham. I'm Rob, and I work in the film industry. I'm Ben. I don't work in the film industry. I'm a civil engineer, but I really love movies, and I like watching them, and I like talking about them. I'm Tom. I am the fact checker for this podcast. I'm an attorney. I'm Andrew. I work in radio. I didn't watch the movie this week, or any week, really. I did read Wikipedia. And it, it was it was fine. <laughs> All right. Wow. Um, Already throwing out the review there. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 It's, I mean, it was you know, fine. Wikipedia. <laughs> We're not there yet. Hold on. All right. Sorry, we got sorry. we have things to do first. We have All a right. list. We have a whole thing. Yeah. All right. Go. <laughs> so last episode we did 1917, which is a war movie, and we asked you guys to tell us what your favorite war movies were, and we got we got a couple of responses from Derek Hoffner. We got Apocalypse Now, and they like Apocalypse Now. For the disturbing, haunted atmosphere, great performances from Brando and Martin Sheen, which obviously I agree with completely. Quite um, haunting. In college, I wrote a paper on that movie, and it was one of the most fun papers to write. Was the last line of your essay, the horror, the horror? I don't remember. I, I did close it with something clever, but I don't That's remember what That's what the teacher was. wrote on the end of it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. We got another one from uh, Tim McCafferty, who says, Saving Private Ryan. And he said he likes it because of the, the D-Day landing sequence. is one of the most remarkable scenes ever shot. Ever? Yeah. I think I would agree with that. Yeah, the part's pretty I mean, I've, I've never seen it, so I can't <laughs> comment. But... <laughs> he, he also said it's got the best of Spielberg's signature emotional touches. And the entire ensemble, especially Tom Hanks and Edward Burns, are completely believable and relatable. I talked about Private Ryan in, during the episode. Um, I th- yeah, it's an absolute staple. You just movies. talked about the private. You didn't talk about saving him, Mr. Ryan. I don't know if he was worth saving. I don't know if the uh, the juice was worth the squeeze, as they say. Okay, <laughs> Private Ryan's juice. <laughs> Gross. Yep. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. From Marco Flipovich, Flipovitz, who just Flipovitz. said, <laughs> who just said platoon. Sorry, Marco. He didn't. He didn't give any explanation. He just said platoon. Another uh, Vietnam. Another Vietnam, yeah. It's also, it's it's a it's a good movie. It's a really good movie, but I, I don't know. I think there are other war movies that sort of eclipse it. Yeah. So thanks for writing in. Great responses, Ben. What's what's your favorite war movie? Star Wars. All of them. <laughs> are they about Fight one me. war? All of them. All of them. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. about one war. How many Star Wars <laughs> movies are there now? <laughs> Nine, not counting I mean, the with stories. like all the offshoots and stuff. There's eleven, counting 11 Solo movies. and Rogue One, the Clone yeah. Wars. But if we're talking movie. strict movies, there's eleven. Well, it's pretty fresh on my mind. But I recently watched Dunkirk again, mm. and I really like the way that story is told. And it can just be watched as a pure action, exciting thrill ride, even outside of the context of the war, which is also very good. But almost not necessary because the action and the way it's shot is super exciting and you're on the edge of your seat the entire time. Yeah, Dunkirk was awesome. Bowser, what's your favorite war movie? 
depends what you consider a war movie. I would say maybe Grave of the Fireflies. Oh, interesting, that? interesting oh, choice. Yeah, that, talk about yeah. emotional. Interesting yeah, shows the horrors of war, the other side of the war. So I thought it's not exactly a traditional war movie where you're seeing soldiers fighting, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're seeing the results. I like yeah. Saving Private Ryan a lot. I like Apocalypse Now a lot. I like The Deer Hunter and, and Full Metal Jacket and you know most of the classics. But I think if I have to pick something, I really like The Thin Red Line. Terrence Malick, so it's it's a lot of poetry and something that's a little different for what you see with, with typical war movies. And, you know, it's got a lot of different characters and they all sort of come together to tell one cohesive theme and, and it's beautiful. Um, so, yeah. So, Andrew, do you have a favorite war movie? Yeah. Down Periscope. <laughs> with uh, Chelsea Grammer. Polly uh, Short, right? who else is in it. Is he, no, he's not in it. it. No, he's he not. might be in it. Uh, Rob no. Schneider is who you're thinking Rob, of. Rob, but also isn't... Um, Are they at war in that movie? No, absolutely not. Isn't, so it's a, military, it's not a war movie. Not it's a, a military exercise. What's his name? Not a skirmish movie, a war movie. Uh, um, Rocketman is in it, right? What's that guy's Harlan name? Williams is yes. the radio operator. Yes. <laughs> so, doesn't even qualify. Uh, uh, Rip Torn, isn't it? That's right. He's like the so admiral or something, winning. right? Wait, yes. does Men in Black count as a war movie? I don't think so. No, no. we stopped people said it had to be no. real. <laughs> and also, there's no war. <laughs> yeah, they, that's not a war. They they avert a whole war uh, and a siege by killing the sugar guy before. Yeah, but in like Men in Black two animals. or three or one of them, it's got that cat with the necklace. Like that's a Orion. That's, that's Orion. Is it? That's the yeah. first one, and that's not a war. They don't want him to just destroy it. It's just, that, it's just uh, intergalactic right, espionage. Yeah, exactly. It's a good movie. So it's a Cold War movie. <laughs> yeah. Are there any movies about the Korean War? There's MASH and the MASH. I oh, think, right. Of course. I forgot MASH was Korea. Uh, which is the I obvious forgot one. that it was uh-huh. the, the movie as well. But of course. Yeah. So uh, this episode, we're going to talk about Bull Durham, which is not a war movie. But before we do that, we should introduce what we'll be drinking. Andrew, what do you got for us? So this week, I went to the local liquor store. Couldn't find any beers that had anything to do with baseball or North Carolina. They uh, seem to specialize in New Jersey beers, which is, you know, their own fault. But um, so we got something from Rahway, New Jersey, known ah. for its quality water supplies and uh, beer, I guess. The Trolley Hopper New England style IPA by Wet Ticket Brewing. I don't know what a wet ticket is or the, the origins of that. I got it. So there's a scene in this movie when the game gets rained out. So anyone who had a ticket mm. probably got wet. Got yeah, that's one. what I was Let's thinking. Drink. Oh, like, wait. How to tie it in, but. There's a description on the side. The wet ticket candidates from both parties ran for office on a pledge to repeal prohibition. Once elected, the wets were successful in their efforts. That same for the people attitude is carried through everything we do. Our mission is not only to create great beers, but to welcome all to the craft beer movement. All right. Breweries don't have to have a mission. Just made some beer. (laughs) Wet ticket sounds like it could apply to baseball. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> I get behind this. Nice and peachy. Just like yeah, the label so it's, says. It's a, yeah, it's a New England IPA. <laughs> I always forget what that means. Something to do with when they add the hops. It, they tend mm. to be very opaque and like juicy and okay. a little bit of foam on top, which is what you got in As in opposed to a California IPA? California IPAs are usually a little IPA. more clear, sharper. Mm-hmm. Uh, more about like the bite of the hops. Yeah, a traditional 
New England style IPA is like a a much smoother operation. There's a, a fruitiness to it that's really refreshing. And yeah, the hops aren't too intense, so it's it's well that's what usually turns me off from IPAs, the hoppiness. Mm-hmm. But this is not so intense and it's quite enjoyable. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. Okay. Nothing right home. About <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. It's beer. I love it. <laughs> that's the pull quote. This is a beer. It's beer. Uh... I love it. <laughs> and legume at the breweries. <laughs> send it. Let's send it to them. <laughs> but I want to have a good local brewery and like be able to just go there and get their beer and be very happy about it. And if this was my local brewery, I'd be very happy with it. Mm, that said, I wouldn't like assessment. if I saw it on the shelf again. I'd probably try something else. Yeah, mm-hmm. you've had other beers from this brewery. I've never even oh. heard of this brewery. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it's nice to have a good option locally. If it was down the road, I would get it all the time. 7% beer here in Rahway, New Jersey, every day. <laughs> so, um, But I like the beer. Yeah, yeah, overall. Very tasty. How did you feel about the movie? Well, let's, let's talk about the movie first. Let's introduce it. This episode, we're talking about Bull Durham, which is a movie that came out in 1988 about a minor league baseball team in Durham. Hey, I came out in 1988. Whoa. Hey. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> it stars Kevin Costner, Susan Sarandon, Tim Robbins, directed and written by Ron Shelton, and shot by Bobby Byrne. This is the first movie Ron Shelton directed, and he used to be a minor league baseball player himself. And the movie's based on um, a lot of his experiences in the minor leagues. So Kevin Costner plays a character named Crash Davis. There was... A minor league baseball player actually named Crash Davis. Ron Shelton came on the name by himself independently. He contacted him and he's like, hey, can I use your name? Because I really like it. And he's like, well, you can use it only if I get the girl in the end. (laughs) Wow. So that's why it ended that way. Um, Crash himself passed away in 2001. 2001. And then, and he was from North Carolina or he he played in North Carolina. Oh, I didn't know that part. The movie takes place there. At the for the Durham Bulls, I should say, minor league baseball team. Wow, what? Do you, think, do you think real Durham Bulls fans are really into this movie? They have a whole bunch of stuff in Durham left over from this movie that people love. The bar that they go to is an actual bar, and it's still there, and it looks pretty much the same. And they have a bunch of memorabilia from the movie. And then in the field, there's like that bull, hit bull Wednesday steak, like the yeah. one on Wall Street. Yep. No. Sure. It says hit bull girl in front of it. Yeah. You hit the I don't bull, think it says that on Wall Street. You get a stake. If you hit the girl, uh... you're fired. <laughs> Just like Wall Street. Yeah. Just, Just like, like Wall Street. Street. That didn't exist. The movie put that there, but then they, they've kept it there, and it's now part of the stadium. But they've since I think they've since they've moved also... stadiums, and they moved the bull to the new stadium. And they added a a, a bottom part that the bull standing on some grass, and it says hit grass win salad. Oh, <laughs> see, great. I wish I wish we had a local baseball team. The Mets or the Yankees? No, no, that's New York's. I want our. I want like the North Bears back. You could go to we, Coney Island. We and could. Watch no, I'm not going to Coney Island. It's so what far, we, we go to Somerset. We go the see Patriots. The, of course, we go see the Patriots. Yeah, we should go see the Patriots. Does New Jersey have no minor league teams? I have a no. ton. Yeah, well, the Lakewood Blue Claws, the Patriots, the Trenton Thunder. There's gotta Are be you no reading one. this? There's no way. No, 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 you know no, no. This. I know all this. It's not real. Not real sports. <laughs> yeah, just... Wow. It's the only reason why you so know New, it's New Jersey trivia. It's not sports. <laughs> so why don't you go to so see Jersey that? City? Used to have a team. team. You know what it was called? Jersey City, the the Golden Doors, the the, <laughs> the, the, the Lady Liberties. Liberties. 
No, the, the Liberty Ladies. <laughs> the Liberty Ladies. Uh, it has <laughs> to do totally with one of our with being called ladies. Has to do with one of our uh, major animals in the area. Raccoons. Nope. Rats. Skunks. Nope. Kind of. Uh, You're close with all these. Squirrels. Nope. Um, um, stray cats. <laughs> <laughs> we were the uh, the, Jersey the Jersey City, City stray cats. The Jersey City Steeders. Oh. For the mosquitoes. Skeeters. For the mosquitoes. Yeah. Oh God, that's so <laughs> gross. <laughs> the There's all kinds of cool jerseys and stuff you can buy. That is some New Jersey shit right there. The, no, the New Jersey the most disgusting, hat. hated animal we can think of. <laughs> so they had a real name, but they they went by the Jersey City Steeders. What was the real name? Just oh, wait, Jersey so they City weren't, Baseball. They weren't really. Oh, the Jersey Mosquitoes. City Baseball Club. Their their Wikipedia page is the Jersey City Steeders. Not okay. Okay. Um, they only existed there... until from 1885 until 1933. It's a long time. This was quite an old team. Did they beat Hoboken? I bet Hoboken had one. Hoboken started baseball. I know. I've been to that. <laughs> That's what Hoboken says. Well, what's interesting about the Durham Bulls is that before they were the Durham Bulls, they were called the Durham Tobacconists. Wow. Which is, I think, why they call the movie Bull Durham, right? That's the name of a tobacco company. But I'm fairly certain it is associated yeah, with it being. They a... were the tobacconists until 1968, and then they became the Mets for one year, the Phillies for one year, and the Triangles for two years. <laughs> wow, well, they got away the with those two for like a little bit. They're like, yeah, let's just be the Mets. I know, I know, I know. They're already the Mets. I don't know. Well, they, what are they going to find out? There's other cities. They're all metropolitans. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> oh, shit. They found out. All right, let's go with the Phillies. We'll try Phillies for you. Minor league teams are associated with major league teams right and isn't yeah, that yeah, like yeah, yeah, a thing yeah. for some of them to yeah. actually be named after their major league team that's yeah. why they changed because they switched affiliation and, right uh, but phillies and the triangle weird thing, because the, the durham bulls philadelphia <laughs> the durham bulls are actually the farm team for the chicago bulls they all they all switch <laughs> they all switch that's a, that's they, no, that's, a switch. <laughs> <laughs> that's where that's where michael jordan was playing in, in yeah. the beginning of space making for the durham bulls <laughs> this, this is all Real sports <laughs> trivia, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, Ben, do you want to give us a, a quick plot summary of sure. this movie? We see a lot of old, early 1900s photography of, and maybe mid-20th century as well, photography of baseball. You, you get slapped in the face. This movie is about baseball. Baseball, baseball, baseball. Of course, you learn throughout the movie that it's about a little bit more than that, but it is in the realm of baseball. Then we get... A narration by Annie, one of our three main characters, who is played by Susan Strandon, who does a great job, and she is sort of a groupie for a minor league baseball team called the Durham Bulls, and she is a very holistic, she, she, she likes thinking about all these different philosophies and religions and metaphysics and quantum mechanics, and she's a very interesting individual, and her big thing is she picks a man on the Durham Bulls, who she will sleep with for a year, and that will make them a better player. So we are then introduced to the team, and we see a hot shot young upstart played by Tim Robbins, named, I'm only remembering his nickname, Nuke. Um, Ebby. Ebby. Ebby, Ebby is Calvin Lelouch. Ebby Calvin Lelouch. Very interesting name. Uh, who is uh, got a great arm. He can throw really fast, but he's erratic. Can't, he can't wild. really keep it together. Wild. Um, and so she takes him on, but not before we are introduced to Kevin Costner's character, whose name 
is Crash. Crash Davis. And he is the older, more experienced minor league player. He's been in the game 10, 15 years, something like that. Never made it out of the minors, or maybe for a little bit he did, but pretty much in the minors. And so we get an interesting love triangle throughout this movie with Annie, Ebby, or Nuke, and Crash. And Annie takes on Nuke. Sort of at her choice, there's a scene where she brings both of them to her house because they start fighting over her early on in the movie. And Crash is having none of that. So he leaves and Nuke is then her the choice of who she's going to sleep with and, and improve. And she does. She gives him a lot of tips, uh, has him wear her underwear and do all these things like breathing through eyelids. And it seems to work at times. But Crash is also there and hired by the coach to rein in Nuke as well because he's a wild pitcher, but he's also just a, a wild rookie. He kind of does his own thing and doesn't not much of a team player. So Crash is there as an experienced player to help him kind of hone that in. And he does, but obviously he does it in a very different way. He's not sleeping with Nuke the way Annie is, though that would make for a very interesting movie. Um, so we get these two different ideologies and different coaching styles, and they go back and forth throughout the movie. At one point, Crash even convinces Nuke to be abstinent from sleeping with Annie, and that, of course, upsets Annie, and that fuels a little bit of the relationship between Crash and Annie. Then Nuke throughout all this time, both of his coaches seem to be helping him improve his pitching and his playing and really just being a, a better uh, baseball team player. And he makes it to the majors, which is a big part of this whole movie. Am I going to make it to the majors, which they refer to as the show? I'm going to make it to the show. He ends up making it to the show and this pisses off Crash quite a bit, mostly because he never made it really himself. There's a scene where he talks about how he made it for 20 days, but not quite substantial enough. I'm not going to fight you. What do you mean you're not going to fight me? Fuck. Fuck. Why am I a fuck? Why are you a fuck? Why am got, I a fuck? Because you got talent. I got brains, but you got talent. See this right arm? Worth a million bucks a year. All my limbs put together aren't worth seven cents a pound. What are you talking about? You're a great catcher. I'm a great catcher. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a great catcher. And so he quits, but he doesn't really quit because he's fired. Um, right after <laughs> they get Nuke into the majors and the season ends, that's all they the organization really had him there for. And so they let him go. Well, then at the end, you get some very interesting sequences. Uh, Annie and crash at this point then say well we did what we did for this kid let's get together and they get together there's like three scenes in a row where it's just them screwing around <laughs> and eventually crash leaves for a little bit while annie is still asleep he just bails one morning but they very quickly comes back and they seemingly live happily ever after and that's about the major points of the movie thanks Pretty thorough, as always. And Could have been more uh, thorough. I didn't even get to a, the, uh, the 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 scene where he's saying his beliefs, which is oh yeah, we'll, we'll yeah we'll, we'll get talk to that. about that. Yeah. Uh, um, <clears throat> how's everyone enjoying their beer? So yeah. It's grown on me quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely a uh, easy drinker. Yeah, it says peach on the outside of the, the can, and it, I definitely get the peach. Yeah, me too. Which is nice. It's very refreshing. 
it could be a little lighter, but yeah. I'd huh. say overall, I'm a, I'm a thumbs up right now, which I know isn't our usual rating system, but we'll get to that later. Uh, would you enjoy drinking this at a baseball game? Like on a really hot... You're outside. Like, summer. Hot day. Like July, August. In like a plastic In the bleachers. Seat, sweating. Uh, you know, no. what, for this particular beer, <laughs> no. I, I'd have probably one or two maybe at the tailgate be while I'm under thirsty. the tent hanging out and I'm eating. And when I go into the game, this would be the kind of beer that's a little bit, there's a little bit more going on throughout the game. I'm going to get the cheap beer because it's going to fill me up. It's expensive. And it's going to fill it's you up. Lights. But if my team's winning and I want to celebrate, so maybe seventh inning stretch, if, if my team's destroying really ahead if i if i had a team um <laughs> then maybe i would get a heavy beer but i think for the most part no this wouldn't be my beer of choice to eat alongside a whole bunch of cheap hot dogs and sunflower seeds and peanuts on a really hot day probably not for me but uh you it's know, a playoff I'm... game beer yeah, yeah like a good september september beer <clears throat> if i was the type of person that watched baseball every night in my lazy boy recliner i would drink this but i wouldn't drink it at a game Interesting. All right, so let's move to our initial reaction. So for me, I've only ever seen extended chunks of it while I was on TV. Ten minutes here and there kind of thing. Um, what channel was it on? It's like always on like TNT or something. Heavily Spike. censored, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. Language. It's not, yeah, it's not a great TV movie. I don't know why it's on TV all the time. <laughs> but uh, I went into this thinking I wouldn't really like it that much. But then I ended up actually really liking it. Quite a bit. It's got like a genuine love for baseball that's very evident just in the filmmaking. And it's clear that the writer just absolutely loved baseball, which is something I can appreciate his love for it and enthusiasm for it. The story was like pretty low stakes, which was nice and made it pretty easily entertaining. And, and, and the characters were, were really fun and, and worked well on screen. So, yeah, I ended up liking this a lot more than, than I expected to. I would agree on some parts. However, I went into this thinking I was going to like it a lot because I had seen this movie when I was a teenager. I remember it being like, whoa, this is a cool, I think I was maybe like 13 or 14. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is a cool adult movie, maybe. Oh, they're boning. And um, I liked how much they <laughs> swore and talked about sex and like baseball. I was I was playing baseball at the time. So I think. I had sort of, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I had that in my head going into it. And then the movie started and, and it, I was like, this seems dumb. The, um, the dialogue, everything seemed too straightforward and like, oh, well, these, you know, the characters immediately. Like there's no you know nuance. Like, yeah, you knew it's going to happen. So that threw me off. I, w I was totally thrown off by that, but. Uh, I was very surprised uh, going through the movie that it grew on me, especially the Annie character who came mm. off as like a, a slut for, for lack of a better word, <laughs> um, which there probably is a better word, but <laughs> there absolutely is a better word, <laughs> but um, she was so interesting in so many different ways as far as, what she thinks about that she doesn't really believe in like right and wrong and believes in sort of this really interesting holistic view on life 
um, that I found a lot more. Yeah, that I found a lot more deep as the movie went on than how it's initially introduced. I've tried them all I really have. And the only church that truly feeds the soul day in, day out is the Church of Baseball. Same thing with all the other characters. They seemed like these archetypes that that were like, oh, well, you've got the young upstart rookie who can't be reined in and the seasoned, gritty old-timer who won't change his ways. And the, the movie surprises you on those characters quite a bit. Um, and then other things bothered me, too. Like, he's a terrible pitcher. He's hitting fans. He's hitting the mascot. <laughs> it is kind of like cartoonishly like, bad. And they keep saying, but he's got a great arm. And you're like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? I feel like he's, that's he's insane. Uh, that, I feel like that's kind of a joke in terms of the way the industry of baseball works. He's clearly like really bad, but he's got yeah. a million dollar arm. Big club's got a hundred grand in him. He's got a million dollar arm, but a five cent head. And And so I think the movie does a good job of kind of bringing that back as the movie goes along and it does get very emotional and the characters do get more three-dimensional and far more interesting but the initial part of that movie man like uh, this is going to be crap and uh, they, they proved <laughs> me wrong by the end of it quite a bit also susan sarandon that woman is like ageless and beautiful she's just really and good in it really also yeah really good at that character which is a tough character to take on for the for those nuances that mm-hmm. went mm-hmm. throughout the movie. If it wasn't Susan Sarandon in that role, it would be pretty difficult to cast that role without making them look like a like a crazy person. Or I should have said floozy. I should have like said floozy <laughs> instead of slut. <laughs> yeah, floozy is a better that's, word. That's yeah. more baseball She just said she was promiscuous. Uh, it wasn't no, that she was It needed a stronger connotation. Yeah. yeah, slut's a bad one, though. Again, it was my initial reaction at I the know. initial part of the movie. I know. My initial reaction, I think, was similar to Ben's in that I found it a little bit predictable. I kind of like Annie as a character, but also it also seemed a little bit contrived. Her whole weird belief system in baseball (laughs) obsession. Like, I don't know. Why not go to a bigger team if you're going to be like that? But maybe that's just her thing. So that's fine. It's about pride. She's a strong woman. I think there's something about her that maybe not enjoys so much having the control but takes control where she feels she needs it and so maybe she doesn't want to go to something well i think there's a there's a large part of her that feels like she's part of that team yes of course she wants to see the team succeed she's emotionally invested in the team she loves baseball sure but like if she moved to new york to become a yankees fan she wouldn't have the same relationship with the team. And, you know, I don't mean, like, she sleeping have slept with everybody. With all of them. She's, you know, she's, like, recording their stats, and, like, she knows the, mm-hmm. the management and everything. Well, length of their penis. Yeah, they should really be paying her. The advice yeah. that she gives <laughs> to fix his pitching or to fix crashes when he's, the first time he comes up to bat. She's doing way better than the coaches. Your crash, you have a lovely swing, but you're pulling your hips out too early. I'd be happy to meet with you tomorrow at the batting cage to discuss it. Signed, Annie. Well, if there was one chick who'd know you pulling your hips out early, it'd be Annie. The coaches are sort of buffoony. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kevin Costner is only like three years older than Tim Robbins. Yeah. But they it were... seems like they try to make Tim Robbins look like a little kid. Kevin yeah. Costner was 33 when they shot it, and Tim Robbins was 30, 30 31. 30, yeah. 31, yeah. And Susan Sarandon, I think, was 41. 
when they shot the movie. Yes. Like, How old is she now? Yeah. Telling you, she's ageless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> amazing woman. Susan Sarandon was born in 1947, so she is now. Wow. Yeah, pretty old. <laughs> huh. That's incredible. Speaking of Tim Robbins and, and him being this young upstart, that was another thing that kind of drew me away because I've seen him in all these other movies. Mm. What Shoshua else is he Redemption, in? Mystic Shoshua River. Redemption. Haven't Very, seen it. like, pretty serious. I mean, he, also, he was in the Anchorman fight scene. Yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, I, mean, I think... So is, like, Ben Stiller. Who cares? <laughs> but I think, I think Shawshank was, like, his real... His first real dramatic role. Before yeah. that, he was in almost entirely comedies. Yeah, there's another movie that's always been on my list. He's in... Hudsucker he's Proxy. in Top Gun. He's in Twister. He's in... He was on The Love Boat, apparently. Jacob's Ladder. That's another Jacob's one that's Ladder. on my list. I mean, he, he has a long... I don't think I've seen a single one of these movies. Not that many good ones. <laughs> you say Tim Robbins, and I am consistently picturing Tim Curry. Very different Tim. Shawshank Redemption. Have you I not don't seen know. Shawshank Are they Redemption? that different? Me? No. Have you never seen Top Gun? Tim, Cur- Tim Curry I've never and Tim seen Robbins? Top Gun. Are they different? <laughs> no. There's only one. <laughs> That'll be a new Tim game Curry. we play at the end of every episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tim versus Tim. <laughs> Tim versus Tim. <laughs> Followed by Bill versus Bill. Bill Paxton versus Bill Pullman, which is one of my favorite. Versus games. Bill Murray. Versus it's going to be a tough one. <laughs> Apparently they didn't want to cast Tim Robbins in this movie. Because he's Basically, too tall. Ron Shelton insisted on it. They were looking at a lot of people for Crash Davis, too, including Kurt Russell. Um, yeah. yeah. See, he's interchangeable. Uh, who was who Kevin Costner? They're interchangeable. Kevin Costner and Kurt yeah. Russell? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I guess you're entitled to that opinion. <laughs> I suppose <laughs> Bowser can't fact check your shitty opinions. <laughs> Google is oh, they wanted uh, they wanted Anthony Michael Hall instead of Tim Robbins. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Who's Anthony Michael Hall? That's the that would have been like that would have been an interesting choice. He's in every eighties movie ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What does he look like? But now? he he would have been the right age. He would have been only twenty. No, he, he would have been only twenty yeah. at the time, and Tim Robbins was already like thirty-one. So maybe that. Yeah, I think I think that drew. Did. That drew away is he did not seem young enough to be mm-hmm. the hot-headed character that he was playing. And again, I think it's just be- also because the, what I think of it, Tim Robbins is Shawshank Redemption and Mystic River. Yeah, which, which is very not this character, very serious roles. <laughs> yeah, both good. Both, both yeah, both very really, really good. Yeah, Andrew, what did what did you think of the Wikipedia page? You already gave oh, us a little bit. Sorry, I'm looking at preview, pictures but... of Anthony Michael Hall today. Um, the Wikipedia page is very good for a wow, movie with n- not a lot of interesting things. And I, I didn't like this movie, but the Wikipedia page is well done. <laughs> you didn't watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, but based on what I read, I wouldn't like this movie. Could we get a, a, maybe a little more context here? Uh, uh, yeah, dislike? it just seems kind of dumb. See, that's like, exactly like, what I, I thought before I watched it. And then I watched it and my opinion changed. Uh, yeah, but I'm not good at that. <laughs> You just di- you just dig those heels deeper and deeper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right um, it, it seems like uh, like are there a lot of jokes in the movie? There's some good yes. jokes because it seems like a shitty framework for a, an interesting movie, but a good framework for like a lot of jokes. It's there are a lot of jokes, and a lot of them didn't. There's hit. some corny jokes. A lot are of they, like, yeah. they're bad though. Eighties jokes. Some of them, uh, I I was like, this is so forced. This is. Dumb. Okay. Hey, I'm Millie. I'm married. 
Because yeah. I think I love. And I hope the whole movie is not like this. And it wasn't. Like, like, sexual just, jokes. Yeah. Uh, that sounds dumb. I love Major League. Okay. Like, that's what I want this to be. Great film. But I don't think it's as funny. And I haven't seen okay, it. Okay, but every movie can't be like every other movie, dude. Yeah, but it should be as, <laughs> But it's got to be as Why funny. Why do you want all of the movies to be the same? No, I want it to be like it, but well, I want it to be as good movie. as it. I'd say they're on par. In really? terms of quality, they're different. They're very different. But... Yeah, of course. I don't it know, seems like there's too much baseball and not enough comedy, based on the, the Wikipedia. In this, but it's not a comedy. I would actually say yeah. this this pulls back from baseball a lot than I was expecting. Okay. Than I remember, and then that that I was expecting. It's yeah. more about relationships than it is about baseball. In my and then opinion. and I think what it does talk about baseball, it talks about stuff that's a little bit more subtle to the sport than other sports movies really talk about. This movie is also like way different than other sports movies because really there's only three characters. All the other characters yeah. aren't real characters. Most of the sports movies have like this entire team, major league, like you're talking about. Like there's a, there's a whole you're following the team. This one you're really only focused on this young pitcher and the catcher crash and mm-hmm. like the, their lover. Yeah, that's really how, how, on how's, top of that. It's more about Annie and Annie and Crash. And, and really, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Nuke, Nuke is a big character in that. He, yeah, he's he's oh, an yeah. important character for sure. Yeah, is they um, like have this whole like quirky team of different characters and right. Yeah, there's yeah. some of that, but it's definitely no, which I like. I like the whole. We have twelve people to make jokes out of the weird <laughs> voodoo guy with the with thing in his locker, and you've got Willie Mays Hayes who catches the ball funny like an idiot. Wait, Major League like, had a voodoo guy too. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm only talking. This about movie had a voodoo guy. Yeah, um, so that's right. You um, did say that. Andrew, to answer your question, I think you would like the soundtrack. It's a lot of rock and roll. Like yeah. F- 50s rock and roll. 50s the rock and roll? music was great. Yeah. I like at the end when they... Okay. When they're Is it always a little bit out. too loud whenever it starts? <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Actually, that's a really I've pretty much seen it. this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think those... That's, we all kind of are more or less on the same page. Um, <laughs> really? The initial rock. Well, you know, except for you, obviously. I think... For us who saw the movie, it was a surprisingly better than it first presented itself in whatever way yeah. that was, mm-hmm. but still has some some parts that I think just don't quite hit. They're not as a, far as jokes. It's, it's not like a some of the dialogue. It's a swing and a miss. I can't, I can't do it. I was gonna say it's not I was a home run. For some, I like I literally lobbed you guys a softball. <laughs> you gave us. I yeah, was waiting nice for one pitch. of you to knock it out of the park. With God. Damn. Well, right off the bat, we're not about those cheap jokes. <sighs> right off the bat. Yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I think th- this movie was obviously very Take us well home, received Roger. when it came out. <laughs> Maybe there are the jokes were more of their time, too. I sure. mean, this movie felt like a really 80s movie. What like if we, what if next week we did Porky? So. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's talk no. about Bull Durham. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to. I want to do something super out of touch. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's let's do Birth of a Nation. Let's do it. No. no, no, no. <laughs> Hang on. We'll just do the first half of Birth of a Nation, and we'll guess what happens at the end. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, I mean, I I think we could move into the technicals, but I think with this movie, especially compared to the last one we talked about, there's not a ton to talk about. <laughs> With technicals, it's pretty straightforward filmmaking. CGI baseball. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty straightforward. Like the the camera works pretty simple. There's a couple interesting things that they did with the camera. 
it only did this a couple times, but when Crash is at bat or when Nuke is pitching, they like get the camera really, really close. They do it in a way that's not just a close-up. It's like straight on to their face. So it sort of feels like they're talking to the camera, but not quite. And you can hear their inner mo- monologue <laughs> while they're talking themselves through their process. Guess like, what the uh, cinematographer did? Oh, he did a lot of fun a lot stuff. Of he did 16 Candles, Bull Durham, and 92 episodes of the NBC sitcom Mad About You. That's it. <laughs> yes, um, he, wow, he did something else from like the career. He did something else from the 80s too. Smoking and the Bandit, Smoking Hooper, Bandit, yeah. and The End. Um, Not a whole lot. But on. Bull Durham, 16 Candles, and 92 episodes of Mad About You. Oh, and Howard the Duck. <laughs> Howard the Duck. He did Howard the Duck too, oh, which is important, I think, to note here. That's a hell of a resume. It's not on his Wikipedia page. Oh, it's on his IMDb. It's on his IMDb. I don't oh, there. you know what? Because he, he didn't DP it. Never mind. I think he was an AC on it. What is it? What DP is um, director of photography, also known as the cinematographer, is assistant camera, air conditioner. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, to Rob's point, that point in the movie is actually when my opinion started to shift when crash is up to bat and all of a sudden you get this narration which you hadn't at least i don't think there was any narration prior except for annie except for annie yeah and that was the moment in the movie where i went wow okay what is what is this movie doing now i I wouldn't have expected that uh because i'm surely not going to get any substantial subtext um, of course, then by the end of the movie, there was massive amount of subtext. Those scenes between Annie and Crash when they're like on the porch and mm-hmm. their interaction at the end was yeah. fantastic oh, acting. So good. Um, filled with subtext that was so vastly different than the beginning of the movie. And so that that moment when he's up to bat and he's talking to himself and he's questioning himself, that was a shifting moment in the movie for sure, but also mm-hmm. in in as an audience member in how we're viewing these characters, that he isn't this old grizzled something. He's, he's thinking about himself. He knows he's got faults and, and yeah. it's not just the system bringing him down. It's him having trouble fitting within the system too. All right. One and two, you can hit this shit. Relax. Annie, 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 who's this Annie? Jesus, get out of the box. Where's your head? Get the broad out of your head. Time out. Time out. Yeah, it just it felt good. like really good. It was a good asset to the movie. Yeah, it felt like good, genuine, raw thought process. Yep. And it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the way the camera worked sort of felt, made it feel a little bit more intimate. And I don't know if this was a creative choice or a function of budget, but the mix of his monologue there it's had like sort of a flat feel. So it wasn't like this big, grand voiceover it was like quiet and much more reserved and it sort of helped shape this very quiet moment where he's, it's just him by himself with his bat trying to, you know, get his hit. But yeah, anyway, I, I think the sound mix and the, the way the cameras um, angled sort of helps make that. And, and the, the scene with, with nuke too, they do the same thing and it sort of helps make that moment or those moments um, much more intimate and uh, give those characters a lot more depth. Really, his, his, uh, nuke scene is at, or his monologue, internal monologue scene is after crashes. Yeah, and it's when he's, is it when he's wearing the? Garters? He's wearing. Yeah, it's the first time he's wearing the garters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that was surprisingly more funny and interesting than I anticipated. That 
what I initially saw as a gag mm-hmm. of him wearing mm-hmm. women's underwear. This underwear feels kind of sexy. Don't make me queer, right? Right. Take a break. Whew. That made it more uh, engaging, for sure. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Absolutely. I, I think it's, you know, important to bring up that none of us are really that into baseball, right? I mean, Ben, right. you said that you weren't into baseball. You're not really into baseball anymore, are you? Like, I, you know, in eighth grade, early high school, I played baseball. Uh, I went to a couple, couple Brewers games, but I've never, you know, follow the teams. I don't yeah. watch every game or anything like that. I enjoy the, the I action wish of going I to a game every once in a while mm-hmm. and, and watching it, but definitely not a fan. Or like a I think I think we might have a different perspective if you believed this stuff about baseball and how it's like a religion and like and if you were into baseball and things like that. I think it might make this movie seem a little bit deeper. Sure. If you think about it that way. According to Sports Illustrated, it's ranked the number one great sports movie of all time. Whoa. Which is Whoa. crazy. What? Yeah. Whoa. Ever? There's Sport, so many great sports movies. <laughs> Fox Sports Illustrated. Clearly, they don't know what they're doing. The Moving Arts Film Journal ranked it number three of the greatest sports movies of all time. Wow. So that means it must... You're right, Bowser. It must People be like it. In, I don't it know why. Be tapping in because it must be <laughs> tapping into this philosophy of what the game really means to the people who live and breathe the game. The yeah. show, Haven't they seen the... Field of Dreams? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. To answer your question, no, none of them. They have must seen have Field skipped of Dreams. It. That's why they, yeah. they rated it the way they did. Right. Yeah, because that's a better movie. <laughs> I haven't seen this movie, and that's a better movie. Have you, have seen, you seen Field Remember of Dreams? The Titans? Yeah, James Earl Jones in the minivan. Yeah, it's a great movie. I like Remember the Titans. Remember? Yeah, or, I might have seen. What's that. the Bagger Vance one? The Legend, the Legend of Bagger Vance. Vance. The Bagger Vance. <laughs> that's a sports movie, right? Happy Gilmore. Well, to give you to give Happy you a perspective, <laughs> according to Sports Illustrated, this is number one, Bull Durham. Number two is Rocky. Oh well, uh, number three. Sure. Number three is Raging Bull. How can you not put Rocky at number one? Though? Yo, <laughs> number four, Rocky. Four. Where's Sandlot? <laughs> number yeah, four is Who Dreams? Excuse me. Number five is Slapshot. And then Slap just up what? Who who made this fucking list? Where's Goon? <laughs> I hear, I, yeah, mm. none of these are in the top. None of the ones that you're mentioning are anywhere in the top. What about the replacements? Caddyshack is or the bench warmers. <laughs> I love Caddyshack. What was? I know. That's why. Buy a hat like that. Well, that's a free bowl of soup. Fascinating to think about. <laughs> that is really interesting. Yeah, um, stupid is what it is. <laughs> as many times as I'm wrong, they're more wrong. <laughs> what? Right, because you've you've seen so many movies. And you know Do you so disagree with sports. me? Do you think I'm incorrect right now? <laughs> I just think your position is well, wrong. Well, here, here's yeah. another take. Bleacher, yeah. Bleacher Reports, Bleacher Reports top 100 sports movies uh, puts this at number five after Hoosiers, Field of what? Dreams, Raging Bull, Hoosiers. and Rudy. Rudy. Mm-hmm. Never Hoosiers saw it. Was okay. Hmm. My middle school basketball coach had us all over to his house to watch that movie. That's weird. And he had he got really it was weird. <laughs> what? He had a really nice house and he had really good pizza. I don't remember a shit so about weird. that movie. But... He had really good pizza. Did he make his make No, pizza? no, no. Like he just got it from somewhere. I have no <laughs> idea, man. Wisconsin pizza. That's all I remember. So I was like, damn, this is really good pizza. I kind of don't give a shit about basketball. <laughs> this is a cool house though. 
Is that Gene Hackman? He played Lex Luthor. I think the, that was my entire thought. That was your whole thought. Okay. While, uh, while watching that. Is it? <laughs> the rest has been uh, uh, blocked out from your memory. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because yeah, it's not together. <laughs> It'll be revealed in therapy in 10 or 15 years. Or what's the, um, what's the Joseph, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie? Uh, uh, it's the one with the, the jerking off. Mysterious Skin? <laughs> yeah, that's a really intense Wait. movie. But it, that's the plot line, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> These two kids are like on a baseball team or a basketball team. The coach takes them home and like abuses them. And then the one kid whoa, 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 blacks whoa. it out of the room. <laughs> the coach did not abuse all 15 of us. Wait, that's what Fazer was. I don't know. Getting out of here. But anyway, one of the kids blacks it out from his memory and thinks that he was like abducted by aliens. It's a really fucked up movie. Mm. It's really intense. Hardball yeah. didn't make any of these lists. Hardball, that's what I was trying to think of. <laughs> yeah. What about Moneyball? Moneyball, that's a mm. good movie too. I saw that. You like that movie? Yeah. Because it's not really about baseball. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> I, th- I think I think people in office. None of us, none of us are really into baseball, so maybe I'd like we're to missing be. something. I'd like to be the kind of guy that's like, ah, James on can't go anywhere. Base- baseball is such a commitment, though. There's so many games. <laughs> I know. There's you, way too no, many. No, you games. wouldn't, Vince. I would. Like, oh, well, put the game <laughs> then, on. I'm making then dinner. Choose like, to be that. Choose nah, to be that. No, but I don't care enough. <laughs> I can't even watch this, the whole Super Bowl. I'm not going to watch 170 baseball games. <laughs> there's so many games. There's so fucking many. Um, you know, like we all said, there's there's not a lot to talk about with the technicals. It's pretty straightforward. I did like the one shot when she gives him the note. And it was a long pick. Oh, and it like follows. The camera moving yeah, but that's pretty cool. Once again, nothing uh, super special. I was trying to think of like technical yeah. things, and that was the only thing that <laughs> I noted. I was like, oh, that was kind I of remember cool. that the camera focused a lot on like the stuff crashing down, like the candles and the, all that oh, shit yeah. that she had in her apartment. Oh, right. at the end? Sex. At the end with the bathtub, yeah. right? Wasn't it, it pretty amazing? So much mess. Not a lot. Thinking, wow. but, but more should have fallen off that dresser. <laughs> Like that's a good props department. I was, I was just waiting for that lamp to fall uh, over. It was just like yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, you have to sure. Change. Yeah, I mean, I guess the other thing to talk about before we we move on uh, with technicals is is like the set dressing and the sets themselves. So most of this was on location, actually in Durham, and it was sort of a lower budget film, which made them shoot on location. So it had sort of a a gritty feel. Like I said, you know, it has sort of an earnestness and a genuine love for what it's talking about. Shooting on location really helped sort of ground everything, you know, because the bar felt like a real bar because it was. Absolutely. The ball field felt like a real minor league ball field because it was. All cheap seats. The dugout was all center block. And like, you know, it just if, if you're coming at it like me, who doesn't really know that much about baseball, it does a really good job of portraying the like gritty other world of the baseball universe especially you know. being a minor league team yeah. so it's, it's not sort of unique like, to minor leagues actually. right exactly yeah not the the super one of fancy the... locker room of the yankees or something like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. the locker room felt very real like it felt like a honestly it felt like the high school locker room that i had it was just yeah. like you know bare bones there's the showers and the lockers and it's probably pretty old even their houses which I don't know if they really went to many other houses besides Annie's, but that was detailed, well, well dressed for mm-hmm. sure. Um, especially for her character with all the stuff going on and sort of a loose yeah. lifestyle of 
of design. Yeah, and it sort of helped communicate that these, like all the players, were just kind of they're just kind of average Joes. When you think about sports, you think about the major leagues in baseball, and you think about the pro level in the other sports, and the first thing you think about are these highly paid athletes, right? And there's thousands of people just trying. Yeah, these guys are just, they have a pretty normal paycheck, and this is just their job. They love the game, but it's their job. What is their paycheck? How much do you get paid to be in the minor leagues? Because I was thinking that throughout this movie, like, this is what these people do for a job. I don't know. Especially I, mean, I think you get paid. Ooh. Whoa, that's you terrible. You get paid enough to, during the season, it's okay no. to not have a job, but then in the no. off season, you have to have a job? Yeah. Crash Davis, it, like, he was working at Sears. Oh my God, the Before... hatred for Sears and Roebuck in this movie. I don't know. <laughs> three or four lines where everyone's like, oh yeah, this fucking jag off. He's going to be working at Sears and Roebuck by the end of the week. Well, <laughs> yeah. Durham got the last laugh. Sears is out of business. Sears <laughs> paid way more money. Sears, you could earn like a lot of money. Back yeah, job. but it wasn't they baseball. Probably had, a, probably had a pension. Right, but it yeah, seemed it like it was, uh, it had, there was a negative a view if you were working there. Mm-hmm. Well, because you were working and not playing baseball. No, that's a good point, yeah. I'd rather work at Sears. That was part of the cocksucker scene when he's calling the ump a cocksucker. Oh, that's right. You missed the tag, You lady. just spit on me! I did not spit you on you! Spit on me! I did not spit oh, on you! Oh, you're in the wrong business, Jack. Oh, yeah. You're Sears yeah. and Roebuck Yeah, right. Material. You're pushing it, buddy. You're pushing it. I was like, whoa. That's a way Harsh. deeper insult than <laughs> cocksucker. <laughs> Uh, do we want to do a beer check? Has everyone enjoying uh, oh, yeah. the wet ticket? I finished oh, mine. I enjoyed it so much, I popped it off, and I'm on a Shinerbach now. Oh. As per usual. As per usual. Yeah. I'm still working on mine, but I'm getting towards the end. I Yeah. Cool. No. I'm enjoying it still. I don't, I don't think my opinion's changed since we last did yeah, a beer check. Yeah, there's not a lot. Not a lot of developments. Like yeah. It's good. But I think, like Andrew said, if I saw it on a shelf, I probably wouldn't buy it, necessarily. But yeah, it was good. I'd agree with that. If I was at a party and there was another one in the fridge, I'd go for it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so I guess we talk about thematics. We started talking about this a little bit already um, in the initial reactions, but I don't want to say it's not profound because it's it says some really interesting, fun things. And I think it's not really even about the love story necessarily. I think it's about the idea that spirituality is kind of everywhere. And spirituality itself isn't necessarily about the source it's about people building a framework that they live, which is obviously very vague, I understand, but and I keep going. it's sort of, it's about just finding something that makes your life worthwhile. And for Annie and Crash and Nuke, it happens to be baseball. And they find their own versions of spirituality in baseball. And I think the idea that you can find your own spirituality however you decide to define what that means in something that you choose on your own i find to be a really interesting idea does that make sense that's the deepest reading of bull durham ever (laughs) (laughs) baseball has that like religious like baseball is a religion baseball has all these superstitions and all these Mm -hmm. if you're doing something and and it's causing the team to win you got to keep doing it no matter yeah. Hence the abstinence part with Nuke. And <laughs> this comes up in a lot of baseball-related media. The spirituality yeah. aspect of it. Rituals and yep. superstition, which goes mm-hmm. into the 
the spirituality aspect, I think. Uh, right, which comes up very blatantly with that voodoo character, which again, yeah. I think is a little racist. <laughs> what is that? Chicken bone cross. Takes the curse off the bat that brings me hits. What are you, a goddamn witch? Yes, a switch hitting witch. Will that work for me? If you believe in voodoo. It's just wrong, right? So he's supposed to be Hispanic. But well, maybe he's voodoo. No, it's not really well, voodoo, voodoo came though, from because it's a voodoo cross came from the Caribbean. So well, it's cross is part of voodoo. Well, yeah, but it's and mm. he's got the rosary beads, so it's like. I did like at the end because there's a running joke where they can't figure out if it's Aztec or Inca, and then the guy is uh, has the Mayan the book, book at the end. The Mayan book at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was good. They all incorporate Christian symbols with. African religion basically is the origin of voodoo and Santeria. Voodoo, yeah. But they're from different right. Caribbean islands, I think. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to like. I would, ag- I would agree with Rob as far as the themes of spirituality and where, you know, how you can have all these different levels of that spirituality or parts of a spectrum that then fall into a different place, but that central love of baseball as a cornerstone of that mm-hmm. ideology is what this movie has. I think you could go beyond spirituality to just philosophies and ideologies. Mm -hmm. I think you could even see this as a political movie if you really wanted to, that the specificity of Crash's I believe scene. What do you believe in then? Well, I believe in the soul. The cock, the pussy, the small of a woman's back, the hanging curveball, high fiber, good scotch, but the novels of Susan Sontag are self-indulgent, overrated crap. I believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. I believe there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing AstroTurf and the designated hitter. I believe in the sweet spot, softcore pornography, opening your presents Christmas morning rather than Christmas Eve, and I believe in long, slow, deep, soft, wet kisses that last three days. Good night. Brings up some weird things like soft core porn and Lee Harvey Oswald um, yeah. acted alone, which was ironic because then he goes to star into JFK, which is a <laughs> conspiracy That's movie right. about That's right. the assassination of JFK. And that that scene is is very. Again, that was a part where I was like, "Oh, they're really just throwing these characters out there. They're not. They're you don't need to take any time to digest this character. Mm. They'll just tell you." exactly what they are and what they believe while annie is obviously the more liberal loose you know constantly changing the specifics of her ideologies and willing to change more liberal progressive whatever i i think it could be seen in that light as well that's interesting one of my favorite jokes from the movie is when she like ties nuke to the bed and she starts reading to him Baby, <laughs> I heard about shit like this. Yeah, you ever heard about Walt Whitman? Who's he play for? He sort of pitches for the Cosmic All Stars. Never heard of him. Oh, good. <laughs> Wait, that's the best joke in the movie? No, not the best <laughs> joke. It's one of my favorites. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did set up another one. Up. Oh, the other part I meant to mention with that is when he says, "Throw a couple grounders. It's more democratic." All right, don't try to strike everybody out. Strikeouts are boring. Besides that, they're fascist. Throw some ground balls. 
It's more democratic. That was the other specific, you know, wh why are they making this political in their comments and their in their little one off jokes? So uh -huh. going off what I was saying that um, Annie is this, I'm going to call it liberal and progressive liberated. perspective. Yes, liberated and empowered. There's several times she has a line, at least three, I believe, where she says, you need to be strong as a woman. You need to be a strong, mm -hmm. confident woman. She's talking to Millie, I think, yeah, in most is, of them. I think this is the scene right after we meet Millie in the locker room with Nuke. Millie and Nuke are getting it on in the locker room two minutes before the game. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Millie comes out to the stands where Annie is already watching the game and Annie already knows what's going on. You know, she's been kind of doing the same thing for a while, I guess. Millie, you got to stay out of the clubhouse. You're going to get everybody in trouble. I got lured. You did not get lured. Women do not get lured. They are too strong and powerful for that. Now say it. I did not get lured. And so Annie absolutely represents this liberated, empowered female presence that's, again, in my initial reaction, I think that you wouldn't expect that type of character. No, that's, I think that's a great point. I think what was, what's so interesting about Annie, one, obviously all that you've just said, but it's common for male writers and male directors to try to write characters that are that and completely screw it up and the characters sort of come out cartoonish or overly sexualized but i think with annie i keep coming back to this word but i think annie her sexuality feels very earnest she's a very sexual person but it doesn't necessarily come across as like oversexed you know it just feels like a true part of who she is and the movie makes it easy for an audience member to just accept that's who she is it's been a couple episodes since we said this, but, you know, without a lot of male gaze affecting her character from the director, you know? So I think that makes the movie kind of unique in terms of her character. Is there any sure. nudity in this movie? Um, oh, yeah. There is. Not, yeah. yeah, but not okay. like... I was just curious. Not a lot. Not, I wouldn't not say it's explicit. You would expect. Oh, I guess this goes back to what I'm saying. is like, for, like, she's not over-sexualized because they're not like, here's a shot of her breasts. You know what I mean? There's nudity, but it's nudity that just happens because that's what is going on in the scene. That's what's happening. The okay. sexualization is, is more in the, the two men around her, and they're mm -hmm. being very vocal and clear about their intentions about wanting to sleep with her, mm -hmm. less about her really attracting them. She just happens to be a very attractive, confident woman. Yeah, right. no, that's true. And, and, you know, there's that whole scene um, where the, the three of them come back to her house and she's like, OK, so I'm going to choose one of you. Why do you get to choose? I mean, why don't I get to choose? Why doesn't he get to choose? Well, actually, nobody on this planet ever really chooses each other. I mean, it's all a question of quantum physics, molecular attraction and timing. I mean, they're laws we don't understand that bring us together and tear us apart. But she's like, no, this is this is my life and my relationship. So I'm going to choose it. And that's it. Which is, again, something that comes off as not bad in any way, but unusual to see. In yeah. a movie. Well, especially a movie from or, the 80s, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But further shows that Crash is of an old school mind thought. Like mm, he that's expects true. to be a part of that choice and refuses to even be to entertain her 
to see what the choice is. Right, and that's sort of the genesis of the fight in the bar, too, right? When Nuke comes over and asks for a dance, he's like, no, 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 she's mine. Right, he yeah. cuts right in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know, I guess now that we've talked about that, now I'm thinking about how she ends up with him at the end. Does that change that? I think Crash has changed quite a bit by the end. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think you're right. I'd have to look at the scene breakdown again. It was really interesting to have two sex scenes, like right back to back, and then he mm -hmm. leaves, I think, and yeah. then comes back, and they're on the porch and then dancing, yep. I think is the progression, which felt weird. Again, it just doesn't feel like a normal, the way normal movie stories sort of pan out. But something happened either with him, I guess, in those scenes because he comes back and he says he kind of doesn't want to talk about baseball, which seems so contradictory to the entire movie, not to mention his specific character. He goes to like Asheville or something and then like he hits his home run that gives him the record and then he right. quits the game. Mm -hmm. He hit the milestone and then decided that I've hit the point I wanted to reach and so now I'm done. And I don't Imagine being an Asheville fan and you watch that happen and you're like, fuck you, man. You well, came here and you did <laughs> well, that. Well, part of the and now you're just gonna quit. But like, part get of the, out of here, you asshole. Part of the story <laughs> is that no one gives a shit about that stat. No one right. cares. When Crash hit his 247th home run, I knew the moment it happened. But I'm sure nobody else did. And the sporting news didn't say anything about it. Full many a flower is born to blush unseen and waste its sweetness on the desert air. Thomas Gray. Or William Cullen Bryant, I don't know, I get them mixed up. Imagine sitting there, like, half drunk during a baseball game. Oh, did I do really? Oh, he just quit. What a jerk. You don't quit in the middle of the game. Yeah. Oh, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, that no, was like, I, I imagine him hitting the home run season, he was, and going around the bases. Like, at the end of that season. And crossing home plate and just <laughs> continuing out of the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Forrest Gump. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you monster. No, he, yeah, no, that's, he finished that's out the season. a good point, though, because he, he, not only does, is it interesting that Susan, or that Annie follows that stat so much more closely than everyone else watching these games, but he actively quiets her. He says, don't talk about it. Yeah. And that, that was the confusing part for his character, who seems to be, still always having this drive to want to be in the majors and really make it big. But he wants her to stay quiet about that, which seems contradictory. Well, no, I don't think so. He thinks it's not enough of an accomplishment. He's like, who cares about the home runs in the minor leagues? Yeah. I'm embarrassed about that. I should be making those home runs in the majors. He doesn't want to be the, the big fish in the small pond. He wants to be oh. in the lake. Right. Yep. So I think he's embarrassed by that because he's like if if i can make these records in the minor leagues why couldn't i be in the majors i only made this record because i spent so much time in yeah. the minors right so and then back to your point about when they get together does that what does that say about her and him um and not only does he say i don't want to talk about baseball but i think he also says i just want to listen to you which is a clear shift in yeah say the original scene where he walks That's right true. out yeah you're right or where the other scenes where he's being maybe seen as flirtatious but really he's not really letting her speak and he's dismissing mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. she's saying because he says he believes what he believes and he's not going to change so 
I would say his character does have a, a change, a growth throughout the story. Though he does have a line late in the end, right before Nuke gets pulled to the majors, where which rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. These big league hitters are going to light you up like a pinball machine for a while, right? Don't worry about it. You'd be cocky and arrogant even when you're getting beat. It's a secret. You got to play this game with fear and arrogance. I think the idea that he's trying to get at is, you know, if you project, then people will take you seriously because the majors is the show. You have to be a mm -hmm. star. And so you need to have some of those trappings, which one of those being confidence and cockiness, because that's that's how people as in fans are going to start paying attention to you. I so think I that's, wonder if, I think that's if maybe the... him saying that is Crash's realization that he can't he can't just fake the cockiness right. and the arrogance. And he, and he, he realizes he doesn't that. want that. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't right. want that, exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. Um, yeah, I mean, sort of digging into that stuff is is the stuff that, you know, made me actually really start to appreciate the movie, once I sort of started to see the seeds of those in the beginning of the movie and then how they developed throughout um, was was really interesting. And, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's always nice when, like, you go into a movie thinking you're not going to like it and then you end up liking it. <laughs> So it's that's yeah, a much better experience absolutely. than the opposite, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool, and I think pretty rare. Yeah. So, um, moving on to the the legacy of the movie, um, before we sort of talk about our our opinions of where it, of where it sits, just to sort of give some context, it did get nominated for best original screenplay, and then it was nominated for a couple Golden Globes as well uh, for best actress uh, for Susan Sarandon musical comedy, and then best original song, When a Woman Loves a Man, not When a Man Loves a Woman. Because what we just Flip the about. script! So yeah, it, yeah, like Bowser said, it was, it was pretty well received at the time. But for me, in terms of the way I think about where it sits in sports movies now that I've actually seen it all the way through, like the best sports movies, it's not necessarily really about the sport it's talking about. Like there's a lot about baseball in it, obviously. And like, all of it, like the, it's very clear the filmmakers just absolutely love baseball. I can go into it and I can really appreciate their love for it. And that's, that's, you know, something I can see, um, appreciate and, and empathize with. It's about that love, but it's also about what the characters take away from that love of the game. Very specific things about baseball, but has an actual theme with some depth that comes through, even if you aren't a fan of the sport. That's what makes a great sports movie to me. And so I could definitely see it being way high on the, the, the list of the greatest sports movies of all time. I don't know if I'd call it the number one, but definitely up there. People who aren't as invested in sports are still going to rate it highly because it still speaks to them on a human level or mm -hmm. as an audience member um, because it speaks to philosophies and spiritualities and all these things we've discussed and the human condition in in whatever way it does through the lens of baseball so then yeah. all the people who love baseball yeah. are going to say wow this is this is why i love baseball or this is why i want to love baseball but then also people who just maybe came into it like we did mm -hmm. in a way that was like uh, well we're not really baseball fans but holy shit this movie is actually saying a lot more then baseball is a great game 
But I, I think that's probably why it would be higher rated than, say, I don't know, I guess than a Rocky in those lists. Because maybe Rocky doesn't feel as accessible to everyone. Rocky, but is it Rocky have, an Rocky underdog story? Yeah. And there's like yes. this. But it know. doesn't have three accessible characters that you can kind of pick and choose from that live on a, on a spectrum of the human condition. Sure. Okay. Like yeah. Annie, there's less Luke, spectrum. And Crash. Sure. If we're analyzing why it's rated the best, people are going to rate it based on how they feel. And if it speaks to more think, people in a personal way. I mean, way, any story that takes place in Pennsylvania is not going to connect with anybody else. So I, I get that. This movie takes place in North Carolina. Oh, no, Rocky. 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 <laughs> well, I, I kinda, Philadelphia is pretty much little... South Jersey. So, uh... I don't know. Slack we we don't count South Jersey. West <laughs> yeah. Jersey. I think that the fact that this is a love story essentially differentiates it from a lot of other sports movies where it's all about... Mm doing your best, trying your hardest, Rocky, underdog story. A, a lot of them are underdog st- stories. A lot of the best sports movies that we mm-hmm. talked about. Mm-hmm. The replacement. Like Miracle. Like pretty much, I mean, most of them are, actually, I would think. But um, All of them have a love story. The fact, the fact that this is a love story, not all of them have as much of a love story as this one. Mm, sure. Uh, yeah. I think that makes it more accessible and Okay, this is a, a romantic you know, movie more than this is just a sports movie. Yeah. So I, I think that's one of the reasons why it could be more accessible to people. That makes sense. I think that's fair. Andrew, do you have any final thoughts on the legacy? Uh, is it better than Star Wars? Or is it worse than Star Wars? How many Star Wars movies have <laughs> you guys seen? You guys really made me sound like an idiot, huh? <laughs> no, just it's, I don't um, think you've watched no, all the Star I Wars movies. Um, I have seen all of the old ones. And I've seen all of the new ones, which is the the, Wait a the original now, three. Hold on. <laughs> so four through six, I've seen, and okay. I've seen one through three. Okay. And after that, I saw Road One. Oh, you did. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I saw that. Yeah, it ones and ends with Leia. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, I saw that with like CGI Leia after she died. Yeah. Not uh-huh. she died, but the actress died. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I saw that, and I okay. saw the first one of that. The new Disney ones, the uh, seven. I don't know. Fantastic. Well, that's quite. That's more than I expected. Yeah, that's right? way more than I expected. Did you really sit through all those movies, though? Yeah. Because it's a, like, it's a long form story. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not a whole lot of story. Yo, what, what, how do you feel about the separatist position on taxes? <sighs> <laughs> um, Before we, but we're about both, I'm not done. Room. I just feel like Bull they Durham, figure out more uh, about their HVAC system like, and the ventilation shafts. It's more interesting. Yes. Bull Durham. I don't think I'm going to watch it. It doesn't seem funny enough. I'd upvote that. I don't think you're going to watch it either. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you're not going to watch it. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't like it. Okay. Uh, I, want, I do want to add something about uh, Annie. <laughs> we were talking about baseball slang and all the weird terms. Apparently, an Annie is a term for a groupie. Really? Specifically, a baseball groupie. Yeah. It oh, so it's probably not even what Michael Jackson was saying. famous about. groupie called Baseball Annie. Ann Steinhagen was obsessed with Eddie Watkins, White Kiss, on the Phillies. And uh, she shot him. Back to Philly. She what? shot him? Whoa, 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 whoa. He kind of glazed over the, the, uh, the end there. <laughs> what? 
Okay. Why did she yeah. shoot him? So that's what kind of she, gun? She See, him, that's a movie I would watch. If there was a comedy of that. <laughs> they made, oh, yeah, let's they wrote a novel on it. <laughs> they wrote a novel called The Natural. With Oh, that's with this they, story. Paul Newman, right? They made a movie with Paul There's Newman? a movie? Oh. Is that the well, same story? a 1984 movie with Robert Paul? Redford. Redford. Paul? Robert Duvall, Glenn Close, Kim Basinger. Not Paul Newman. Robert now Redford. I know Whoa. how I'm spending Not my Friday. Paul Newman. Glenn Close. The music is by Randy Robert Newman. Redford. <laughs> Andy Newman. This sounds Randy amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, the natural is supposed to be excellent. I haven't seen it myself, but I've heard it's supposed to be excellent. So I'm gonna add that to my list too. Well, I'll probably also not watch that, but it sounds better than this. <laughs> um cool. Yeah. So okay, do we wanna we wanna rate I think this time what we would do we want to do out of four bases? Just oh, because yeah. Hell yeah. That. Single, double, triple, home run, grand slam. Maybe we'll throw in a fifth. Oh, that'd be really good. <laughs> fifth. This idiot field won't goal. stop running. Goal. <laughs> it's a field goal. So I'll start with the beer, which I'm giving a two out of four. Uh, a double. A double. It was a ground rule double. Fuck, you stole my uh, joke. <laughs> I was so excited to use that. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's better than a regular double. But not quite a trick. Wait, ground rule double's better? It's more exciting. Yep. Trick play. It's more exciting. Sorry. That, that's more, exciting. It, more, more surprising, more, more interesting. Now, the movie, if we're going with this analogy, I am going to say that it's when a, the, a, a player is on first and steals second and then also steals third all in the same play. So it's not really a triple, but... They're on third base. <laughs> All right, I think I think I got I think I got the idea. Oh yeah, that's why I didn't get a home run. By the way, <laughs> I think I said this before, but to have a baseball movie that's about baseball and sex and relationships with a lot of sex and baseball analogies, to not have one reference to getting to third base, getting to second base, seems just waste, <laughs> just wasted. It's a wasted opportunity. Yeah, what were mm-hmm. the 80s even for? Maybe it was too easy. I actually don't know when that that analogy first started. Maybe that's a 90s thing. I think on the on Happy mm-hmm. Days, the TV show. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> while, while Bowser researches that. Very confident I'll, fact I'll check give, there. <laughs> I'll give my, my, uh, my thought. I think I'm going to give the beer a double. I liked it. But like I wouldn't go seek it out at the store. So I'm going to call that double. And then I think the movie I'm going to call it triple. I really, really liked it, but it's not like 100%. The third base coach was kind of being like, you, yeah, like you can't you're, run that fast. Yeah. You, you're not making it home. You're almost there, but nah, just, <laughs> you should probably just stay there. I'm going to give the beer a double. I mean, a single would be below average, I would say. It's definitely not below average. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although in baseball, single's good, but in our... Right, at least you're on a base, system, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's not out. But it's a perfectly fine beer, but there's just nothing special about it. There's no reason mm. for me to say, oh, that 7% New England IPA was like stood out to me in any way. It didn't. It's just a perfectly average, good tasting New England IPA. Hazy and fairly easy to drink for a 7% beer. As for the movie, I might. Hop fly, foul ball. They throw <laughs> the ball to like some little kid in the stands. Who looks funky? 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's some ugly kid in the stands. <laughs> some ugly. They're like, kid. yeah, give him the ball. <laughs> how many kids are like actually? How many kids are actually ugly? <laughs> like children. Probably oh, most, I guess. Oh, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Rob was so maybe I'll Rob give the probably an film. ugly kid. <laughs> <laughs> This film could be like a like a sacrifice bunt, or shit. Like... That was my Ooh. second joke. <laughs> That's Are you kidding one. me? It's it's two scored. strikes, I mean, Andrew. You, you two end strikes. up scoring. You end up scoring, right. and you're doing what I should have gone first. It is I like predictable. This. You know when a player is going to bunt, you know it's going to happen, but you can't stop mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, nobody's happy about it. No one's happy what? about it. No, absolutely happy Except about it. When it works. Scores a point. But yeah, it's it, it's a good play. It's a good play, and it's a decent movie. It's no, it's enjoyable, but it's not something I'll remember probably, and it's not something I'll come back to. But I'm not a baseball fan, so that's my analogy. I, I really <laughs> like the way you put that. That's real nice. <laughs> I'm not even gonna give my rating. Other people already gave. Well, me. they boxed out, and someone got a free throw. So and no, then they were was, offside. The beer was a ground rule double. Okay. I was going to say all these things. And then the, the movie was Sacrifice Bunt. I was all, I had it all keyed up in my head for like an hour. Wow. Wow. And now everyone just shit on my plans. You, you got you to gotta rain out, I think. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You so said, uh, given that. You could have said um, that the movie was a foul ball or a ball that looked like it was going foul. It rolled. It rolled it from somehow foul made it back fair territory. Right past. Yeah. I, I thought about that too, but I liked Sacrifice Bunt better. Yeah, it's but then one. Bowser took it, and I don't know that much about baseball, so he that's didn't all I take got. it. It was not yours to be taken. He used yeah, but it. I had it. My head. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Baseball metaphors for sex date back to the 1950s, early 1950s. Happy days. So, like I said. <laughs> yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. I think we'll Happy just... Days came up with that. <laughs> Fonzie wrote Forget it. Forget about time. <laughs> <laughs> As we've we've mentioned, Bull Durham is considered one of the the better sports movies, and so we want to hear what your favorite sports movies are. So let us know. <laughs> um, we have a Twitter at the Brewies. You can also email us at Brewies at gmail.com. Let us know what your favorite sports movies are. And next episode, we're going to cover the 2017 movie Mudbound, uh, directed by D. Reese. Which I have not seen yet, so I'm excited to watch it. It's Pick a really movie good either. movie. Yeah. And you won't watch it this time, Vince, but when we're done with it. Should this, I watch it? Is it really good? Absolutely. Um so yeah, you should, it's it's a Netflix film, so uh, you can find it there. So yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you next episode. See you later, everybody. Bye. Play ball. <laughs> yeah, right out of here.